everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by the amazing, the adaptable, and the accomplished Ariel. That is such an intro. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Get ready to get totally tubular with today's new skate product. That's right. Today's founders are here to shred the competition with their new innovation to the world of longboarding and skateboarding. Will the Sharks give a deal to these skater boys or will they say, see you later, boys? We'll find out after this brief sponsored break. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John? Maybe Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, in the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive revenue and retention. And you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of their journey. Visit HubSpot.com service so you can do more with your customers today. Today in the tank, we have Vibride. Now, Vibride is brought to us by three founders, Charlie, Chris, and Carson. You would think they coordinated that. <laughs> and they are asking for $250,000 for 10% in their business, which is $2.5 million. Vibride is a skateboard braking system that's solving that difficult problem of, you know, you might have hills that you really want to skate down, but you're really worried about wiping out. Well, worry no more because while historically skateboards have had no brakes, Vibride has designed a board where it actually has a brake built into the wheels themselves. So it's compatible with any existing boards that you might have, but they also come with their own line of longboards and skateboards that have this just automatically built in. It's apparently a super simple system. You just pivot your foot and press down. And they actually demonstrate this by like skating down a ramp and uh, breaking before hitting one of their friends. So thinking about this product, this pitch and our founders, Ariel, what are some of your initial thoughts? Yeah. So I love this product. I love mm -hmm. that it is definitely a vitamin product for the mm -hmm. category. I think what really stands out to me is one, it solves a very common problem for skateboarding and longboarding. Mm -hmm. For some aerial lore, I used to be like really big into longboarding in college. I love that for you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so much lore on this show. But I would look at my shoes at the end of the day because the only way that you stop really on a longboard is that you do something that's referred to as like a toe stop. Okay. So you're essentially just dragging your foot on this side mm. to slow down momentum. So over time, you get worn out bottom of the soles of your shoes. Sure. If you're pointing your toes, it's right at the front. It gets really annoying after a while. So mm. being able to have a solution in place that actually is easy to retrofit to an existing board that you already have, they're not creating like an entirely net new category. It's something that's very easily adaptable. When you think about it, Jory, rollerblades have brakes. Yeah. Bicycles have brakes, scooters have brakes, but for some reason, <laughs> skateboards somehow slipped through the cracks. <laughs> so their pitch to me was just like mm -hmm. one of the top ones that we've seen so far, right? <laughs> like they made it really short, really clear. The demonstration was super fun and engaging, mm -hmm. but they really did a really good job of showing how the product really addresses that need. 
And I don't know, I felt like I could start to really see it where it was just like, it's not that much different from what skateboarders are already expected to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, the great sales pitch is showcasing that strong value proposition. And there was that delight factor of that unexpected value of like, I think it was the guest shark that was like, how did skateboards slip through the cracks and the founders I mean honestly they were so genuine with this they were like yeah I don't know and it it makes you question it right where it's like obviously this should have a solution compared to all of the alternatives yes and also like the founders themselves which you hit on have such a great dynamic together Mm -hmm. like you could really see them being very passionate about the product itself and how each of them have their own role they're kind of their own like dream team in some ways they have a main point of person for like logistics and then the creative feel and aesthetic and then you have the actual inventor so like between the three of them they seem like a very powerful trio of founders Mm -hmm. it was definitely a very wholesome pitch because I think Candace was like yeah you remind me so much of my son chasing (laughs) after their passions, which is just, oh, I loved this pitch overall. Good start. And I felt like their pitch, it sort of had this like social proof built into Mm. it because they all kind of are different splices of extreme sports. (laughs) So it was like the fact that they like kind of came together and created this solution to an otherwise unaddressed problem. I don't know. I just felt like it was like, okay, it's not just for like extreme sports doers, (laughs) for lack of better words, but it is something that's vetted by the people that are doing the extreme sports. So that to me was just like that extra bit of something to validate the product. That's a good point in terms of their audience. It's Mm -hmm. not super niche. Like you don't have to be an extreme sport enthusiast. It could be something of like teaching your child how to find balance on a longboard for the first time and having a break in place. There's a lot of uses for this beyond just, you know, the founder persona, which I think makes this a really great product. Yeah. They mentioned that variation in SKUs where Mm -hmm. they have just for the casual rider who might just need like a slight slowing, slight stop all the way down to like the thrill seekers. I think they said that this is rated at 50 miles per hour, which was just very fast. I I couldn't see wanting to go that fast, but like, you know, that's more of the extreme thing. Um, It's a whole thing. They have longboarding competitions that go downhill. Like it's it's huge. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. So let's take a moment to dive into their costs a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? So you mentioned that you used to longboard. I was curious on your take. So this is retailing from anywhere between like 139 to 259, I believe, was the highest one they mentioned on their pitch specifically. They have 63% margin. As someone that may have been more of that casual persona, although maybe you were into extreme sports, what were your (laughs) thoughts initially on that price point? Because I don't know anything about this as a product market. How does this compare to the rest of the market? As an accessory, Mm -hmm. I think it's fairly price, just given the fact that it does provide brakes and provides like basically a new service. You can get wheels that are maybe like higher off the ground and like kind of adjust based off of your riding style, whereas this is kind of like a tool that's utilized not just for a specific style, just for your overall riding experience. Mm -hmm. I actually think so was the price and the fact that they already had utility patents. I think those were the two things that kind of sold me. Mm -hmm. I bought my longboard about 10 years ago for $300 for like a Mm -hmm. full custom board, wheels, axles, everything. So this Mm -hmm. is very well priced if you get it with the board. And honestly, it may not be as big as one of the name brands of like a land yacht, but it still looks like a fairly decent quality of board and Mm -hmm. is a really good entry level potentially for folks that don't want to spend too much on a full custom deck or all the bells and whistles. So I think this is really competitively priced. So you mentioned that this was a vitamin. I think as we start to dig into 
these entrepreneurs and what they've done so far, it becomes really clear with their sales. Mm -hmm. So this was on the most recent version of Shark Tank or one of the most recent episodes of like the 2024 season. And they had only really been doing pre-sales. So it's a very new product for two months. Already made, I think they mentioned it was $150,000 in pre-sales, projecting $600,000 right out the gate. So it's very clear that like this is something that the skating community is really interested in. I thought it was also interesting. So Charlie which seems to be like the main driving voice in this pitch, was a founder that had had some entrepreneurial like back experience, had invested $1.2 million of his own money into this product. So you could say Charlie's all in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially at such a young age. But I think that goes to show like that very entrepreneurial mindset, right? You take the success of like, what was it, a drone company that he started and then Mm -hmm. essentially reinvesting it back in. I just think it was so smart. Like that established for me, if I were a shark, my confidence Mm -hmm. in the founder's capabilities when he's like, yeah, I put in 1.2 million, but you know, half of that went towards like patents. And ensuring that, you know, we could get this product, make sure it's very defensible, that there's not any competition in market, which is just such a smart move. Definitely. Speaking of like defensibility, so I know that they have all of the longboard brake patents. The founder mentions that he literally went and bought as many as he could. That He bought them all, all six. Gotta catch them all. Yeah, gotta catch them all. He Pokemoned <laughs> those patents. But if there were competitors to start to be like introduced to the market, how would you make this specific system defensible? Is it because they're first to the market that like that's going to be their biggest selling factor? How would you personally recommend that they build a moat around these kits? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question. There's so much that's being underutilized. I think with the founder trio, this is just my hot take. Yeah. They're very personable guys. Mm-hmm. I would love for them to be more at the face of the brand. Cause when you look at their Instagram, there's a few attempts where they do this in their content of like they're highlighting the beauty of youth and friendships sure. and going on longboarding mm-hmm. adventures with your friends. I think there's something really special that they have there as like a founder group that they should tap in and highlight into more. Mm-hmm. So it's almost becomes like a personal brand leaning into, you know, their company. So in some ways, I think of like Mr. Beast as like my first like go-to person. Mm -hmm. But like when you have that type of content, I think a lot of people watch that. It's a great way to elevate your brand without coming across as too promotional. It's a great way Mm -hmm. to create that emotional connection. So I think for them, what I would encourage them, and I think they're starting to do that now, just continuing to flush out that suite of products that they have to ensure that they're not falling into that, hey, we just do breaks. This is all that we do. And then competitors come into market. And they do breaks too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think they would actually benefit well from expanding to like other areas, basically anchoring it around the founders. And I love that idea of almost like personality-based marketing too, especially because the founders, they're very dynamic. Mm -hmm. You have one that's very much like the driving force, the ideas guy. And then you've got the engineer that's like, okay, logistically, how are we going to do this? He's managing the warehouse, the supply chain. And then you have the creative that's bringing all of this brand design experience seems to be like the marketer, if you will, of the three of them. And I agree. I think if they really leaned into the friendship group, how they're different, but then in the different various parts of their website, their strengths as well, that could be like Mm -hmm. a really fun take on like how they could continue to lean into their personalities and what makes them such a winning trio. 
But it wasn't just us that was convinced. The sharks loved them, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, they really captured the sharks really quickly. I think they're a charismatic kind of trio of founders. And it also helps. I feel like they came really prepared with their numbers and knew what they wanted, knew what was too much. Mark had started asking for 15% for that asking price of $250,000. And it was the first time that I feel like a founder challenged the sharks Mm -hmm. and the sharks didn't know what to say. Because like... I think it was Charlie was like, why do you want 15%? And Mark didn't have an answer. And he was like, because I'm a shark. Because I'm a shark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just like, you very rarely leave yeah. Mark Cuban like uh, speechless. Speechless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I feel like immediately the founders had let that upper hand. It was very clear that Mark was very interested in this product. So they ended up sealing the deal for 250000 for 12%. Mm-hmm. And walked away ultimately with a a shark tank deal. There weren't any real major obstacles or red flags when it came to dealing with the sharks. I think they walked in knowing that it was Mark Cuban that they wanted. And ultimately, they got him. Ironically, it was all gas, no breaks. (laughs) Gas, gas, gas. today's episode was brought to you by Ari Desarma. Editing comes from Robert Hartwig and support from Alfred Schultz. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you subscribe to the greatest podcasts ever. That does it for me. See you next week in the tank for another bite. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.